Welcome to The Focus with Javon Adams. Appreciate y'all for checking. However many check the first time, we keep doing this. As I mentioned, my goal is to bring this to you maybe two or three times a week. We shall see. And one of the goals that I mentioned last time is certain topics or uh, things that I I feel or see or maybe uh, sparked by different, maybe different quotes or motivational speakers that I hear, and that might lead to a topic. But I wanted to bring on a gentleman, and I had to make him one of my first guests on the focus with Javon Adams is my, is my partner. Uh, I do, as I mentioned before that, uh, try to put my hands in a lot of different things. And one, I'm very fortunate to be the co-host of easy sports talk show here in the Phoenix area, uh, every Saturday from 10 to noon. And this gentleman, Ed Smith, uh, we call him easy. He is, he's a, he's an author. He's a speaker. Uh, he's a radio host. He's a podcaster. He is a, he's a father. He's all those things. And I want to talk to him today a little bit about faith and perseverance. Now, I'm going to have you on multiple times, so we, we ain't going to start from day one when you were born <laughs> with, with your big head um, to, to now. But there's, I want to talk about a specific part of your career. But before I get into that, man, how you doing? Doing good, brother. And I can't tell you how proud I am of you for getting the, the, the focus back up. I know when we met, you were doing this. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, we started doing the radio show and you know, sometimes things pull us in different directions, and uh, you put that aside for a little bit. But, man, I am glad you're back into this uh, forum right here, and I love the, the, you know, type of topics and things that you will uh, kind of bring to the, uh, the the table and the conversations, and I'm honored to be one of the first you bring on, man. So, like I said, I'm, you know, I, it's all good, bro. I'm doing well, and, you know, I'm proud to be your brother and your partner. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. So, What's now – <laughs> so the the book that you have that that you have written is Easy Does It the Journey of a Lifetime and it it in part of what is interesting so my partner here he played professional baseball and so you played for how many years did you play professional baseball 9 years bro almost a decade and so he also played in the NFL. So you heard that correctly. So played professional baseball and played in the NFL. And so I won't, tell me a little bit about maybe the your feelings as you were winding down your professional baseball career to be able because you played you know on the what high triple A um, doing yeah. the thing uh, at various teams and it's funny because on our show sometimes Ed will say uh, when you get traded that first time you go from being what uh, prospect, prospect. To suspect. <laughs> <laughs> but but so what was what was it like when you decided or how did the the idea even come? To, for you to try to make that transition to go from baseball to football, because only a handful of people have done this. And so that's your rarefied air when it comes to that. What was the thought process that made you even decide to give this a try? Well, you yeah, asked a great question, Jay. You know, after, and I, you know, I, I, timing a lot of times in life uh, will dictate how and when you do certain things. Uh, after almost a decade of playing minor league baseball, you know, it was. I came to a crossroads in life. And when when you normally think, wow, you did that for a decade? Yeah. Bro, I was 18 when I started playing right. minor league baseball. I had just turned 18. So my, by the time I was done with my football career, I was 25 years old, about mm-hmm. to turn 26. And, you know, I, and I did the gamut. As, you know, a lot of you, there's guys who start to play minor league baseball to get a couple years in and figure this isn't for me, and they – figure out, hey, I might want to go sell some cars or go back to school, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> right. I was on the grind for nine years, bro. I did everything from rookie ball my first summer in 1987. 
to A ball for a couple of years, elevated to double A, uh, back to single A, was traded to the from the Chicago White Sox to the Milwaukee Brewers in the middle of the 91 season. Had to, like you said, I was once a prospect. Now all of a sudden I go to a new organization. And although I had people that were with the Brewers, they, you know, they left the Brewer, White Sox went to the Brewers. They went and came and got me. But still, I was a, a old, I was a, a used product as far as going to the Brewers. Had to reprove myself all over again. Went through some, uh, you know, some different things. Worked my way up to AAA the year of the strike in 95 and was balling out, having the best season of my career. Uh, the organization was against me because I didn't cross the picket line. That was the year they had a bunch of scab players and stuff like that. Okay. The players union swore allegiance to me because I backed the union. As soon as they came back, they were like, we don't care about them fools. They, what they did though, they, everybody who did cross the line, they got an X on their, on their, uh, uh, on their name. So they were all gone. But right. meanwhile, the organization, I was with the Indians at that time, you know, ended up just treating me like garbage. And this is at a year, like I said, at one point, Jay, I'm up in AAA in Buffalo, leading the league in home runs and RBIs, uh, everything. And they sat me for 14 days straight. What? On a road trip at one point, we went to Iowa. And this is, this is how you, you know things are bad. We were on a road trip, day 10 or 11 of me sitting. Guys are looking at me like, Tori Lavallo was actually on that team. This is okay. how Manager Tory Lavello. So we're we're sitting here going on road trips and we're like, what is going on? You know? And at one point I sat through a doubleheader, bro. I did not get into a game in a doubleheader. Everybody plays in a doubleheader. Wow. So we get back to Buffalo. I come in one day, I see my name on the lineup card. Uh go in, get a cup, get a knock or two. After the game, manager calls me into his office. Man, we love what you're doing up here. But the organization, they wanna uh, you know, they want you to play every day. So we're gonna send you back to double A. So I'm like, bro, after all I've been through, they want to send me back to double-A. You know, you got to remember, double-A is cool because you can get called up from there. But triple-A is one of the – like every day the phone's ringing. It's like, hey, we need something stuff up here for 10 days or whatever, you know. So yeah. that that broke my spirit, bro, after nine years of playing ball. And to, just to give you the long and short story, I was down in Canton, Akron, Ohio, back in double-A, miserable because, you know, I know what I had accomplished and – and achieved and should be where in a different place in my career. And I just started playing that game of what ifs. You know, I was highly touted, one of the highest touted tight ends coming out of high school in 1987, which is the year I graduated from high school. Man, it seems like man, <laughs> I, should be, I should be playing the old, old, the old, play, old folks games these days, like your Lakers. But, uh, <laughs> I, I quali- I'm already qualified for AARP. But so at this point in my career, Jay, I started playing a what if game. You know, my brother at the time was in the NFL. Brother was two years younger than me, went to Notre Dame, played football instead of baseball. He wanted to play baseball, just didn't have the talent I did. But meanwhile, he's going through his four years at Notre Dame. He's in the NFL playing for the Saints. And meanwhile, I'm still riding buses in the Eastern League after almost a decade. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. man, things could have been a whole lot different. What if? And then I started thinking, Jay, I was like, well, maybe it's not too late. What if I got in the shape and – you know, maybe put baseball aside and, you know, maybe I'll take a run in football. I know it sounds crazy and stupid, but dumber things have been accomplished in this world. So tell you what I did, Jay, I, I, I mustered up enough courage one night. We had a rain out. It was in Canton, Ohio, back to my little one bedroom apartment. I'm sitting there and I'm, so I called out my brother who's in his palatial estate down in New Orleans. And I just had this question I wanted to ask him. And his answer was going to dictate kind of what I did. I asked him, I was like, after a little hee-hawing and everything, I was like, 
Hey, Irv, look, you know, I've been at this baseball thing for about nine years now. I had this crazy thought in my head. You know, obviously I was a good tight end back in the day. You're in the league. What do you think if I just got in shape and maybe tried to find a workout or something and, and you know, maybe try to find my way into the league? And I was bracing because I was expecting to say, look, bro, this ain't no joke. You see what I'm going through. I'm you ear two into this. And that, man, yeah, that's not something that's even possible. His words to me, Jay, were, Big Ed, anything you've ever done in your life, you put your mind to it, you've accomplished it. He's like, if you want to try it, I got your back. He's like, if anybody can do it, you can. Bro, light went off in my head, and I, from that moment on, mm. I was a baseball player that was now going to try to be a football player. And what I did, I made up my mind I was going to finish that season when I had about two months left in that 95 season with the Indians in AA, which I finished respectfully. But what I did was I now had a new vision in my mind. I started putting my plan together for when I'm done this season, because I'm never quitting anything when I'm done this season find a way to get the contacts, to get into some type of shape and to figure out how I can get a workout. But that was the, the birth of my idea and my plan. And I caution people, I'll tell you, this, I'll set up after this. I will, could have been my own worst enemy in that situation, Jay, because and I to this day, I make sure that I try not to do this to myself, but we all do it. Yeah. You have this big plan or something that you really want to try to do or accomplish. Yes. And sometimes... It's not it's because most time you think other people are going to poo poo my dream and, you know, talk me out of it. We are our own worst enemies, Jay, in terms of we get the cold feet and yeah. I can't leave that or I can't do that or that's crazy or people are going to think this. We talk ourselves. I can't tell you how many times, mm-hmm. even after the conversation with my brother, the closer it got to the end of that season and then the closer it got time to putting my plan in place, uh, you know, because I was free agent at the end of that year, baseball wise, my agent was going to start getting calls for the next season. And, and I finally told my agent toward the end of the year. And at first he was like, shoot, we can, yeah, Brett, Ed, I know you, we can try. But I was so scared to tell people. And mm. meanwhile, I kept trying to talk myself out of it almost to the very end, Jay. And I finally realized, you know what? If other people have confidence, you need to have confidence in yourself too. So I, started, okay. I was like, look, whether you fail or are successful at it, you're going to take this shot. And that's exactly what I did. The whole journey in itself is another story, what it took to pull it off. But I mean, that's the genesis behind. I always tell people, and you brought up in the, you know, you talk about faith and perseverance. The tight, and in my, I think even in my book, I call it taking a leap of faith. Right. Because I didn't know what was on the other side of that dark hill I was going to jump off, leaving a 10 year baseball career behind me, almost 10 years. Right. But I knew. If I jumped and there was something solid on the other ground, I was going to land. If it didn't and I crashed and burned, I would have crashed and burned taking a shot rather than never knowing what might have been. And in the end, you know, I made it to the NFL, vested, played in the Super Bowl, a whole bunch of different things that I never would have accomplished or even dreamed of if I hadn't taken that chance. Now, you, that's interesting. And, then, and by the way, uh, edsmithspeaks.com is where you can go and get that book. Again, it's Easy Does It, The Journey of a Lifetime. But it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think there's definitely truth in that, but I've also seen the other side of it as well, whereas when people share their their dream with the wrong person, I, I, I mentioned this uh, actually last week, is, is that if you share your dream with the wrong person, 
that that it might kill your dream or kill you before you even start. So being the, it seems like the right people that you asked and shared that to, you had those right people around you to begin with and they were ready to say, let's do it. But we do often doubt ourselves because what if we fail, but we fail yeah. every day, right? We fail every day. We fail at whatever we do, but it's a matter of what you do to continue to, to get those, uh, to, to go to the next opportunity. You think that's right? Or you absolutely, Ab- no, absolutely, Jay. And then you're very right. There was only a hand, not even a handful, a couple of people that I shared my story with. I, I'll give you a real funny one, real quick here. Yeah. At one point during that season, uh, my mom, dad, because I was in Ohio, they were right next door in Jersey, and all throughout my baseball career, whenever I was near, and sometime when I was far, they would always fly to wherever I was. But being in the Eastern League. They were able to come to some of those eastern cities I was in to see me just, you know, on a Wednesday night, Thursday. You know. But one particular uh, weekend, they came out to Canton. It was in August, so I only had about two and a half, three weeks left to go in the season. My mom and dad came out for a visit. I had yet to tell them about my plan of, you know, wanting to make this change because I thought and they would be like, look, we've always tried to advise you of the right thing. Ed, Eddie, that's what he called Eddie. This is probably not a good move. I just had it made up in my mind what they would think. Yeah. So they came out for their visit, and Jay, the for the two or three days they were there, I was so conflicted, and I, I knew I wasn't myself. But we get to the final day, which is a Sunday day game. We play the game. Mom and dad in the car, and they're getting ready to drive off. And my mom hands me a note, a handwritten note in an envelope, Jay. Okay. And I was like, what is this? She was like, look, just read it. You know, me and your daddy, we got about eight to ten hour drive home. We'll talk later on, you know. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So they're in the parking lot getting ready to pull out. I open this note up. And in the note, Jay, my mom and dad, they were like, we're really worried about you because you're not yourself. Something is obviously going on. Maybe you need to, you know, you always know that you can talk to us. But maybe you need to go speak to somebody because we can just tell something. Bro, I broke out in a dead sprint (laughs) running toward their car before they got out of the parking lot. Hey, hey, (laughs) I got up to the car, bro, and they were like, what, what? I was like, pull over. I said, get out of this line. So we they, they pull over. I was like, look, I got to tell you guys something. I said, yeah, I'm off a little bit because I have something in my head and I want to tell you. I wasn't sure that I laid out my whole plan to them, right? Right there yeah. in the parking lot. My mom was like, boy, why didn't you tell us in the first place? You know, they, they were so happy that, and I was just like, but that that's a lesson <laughs> in itself. You should right. always know who's got your back if nobody else, you know. Right, this is but, true. Man, I'm telling you, when, and those were other, in, that was another instance where, like, I got that monkey off my back, like I told them. And then I, bro, you talking about playing with, like, what weightless? I felt like I was walking on the moon the last two or three weeks of that season. Cause yeah. I knew, I, like, I could see, I was like, I had started making plans. My brother was helping me out, making some connections. You know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you out here to Arizona. Coach Pat Murphy at the time was the head baseball coach at ASU. Yeah. He coached my brother at uh, Notre Dame. So he was like, he had already told my brother, you get him out here. He's got a facility to work out. My strength conditioning coach for our baseball team, my assistant coach, he actually played with Ed. He's always been wanting to do personal training. So, bro, so it was like the, the thing wow. started stacking up. Yeah. And I was so happy. But like I said, think about it, Jay. If I'd have talked myself out of that, you know, this this portion of my life, I never would have met you. I never would have been in any of the situations I am because I guarantee you, a lot of where I am was because of my experience in the NFL and the path it took me on. You know, I could have been one of those guys, and I played with guys, Jay, in the minor leagues, some of my best friends in the world. I hope you meet them, too. Um, They played, you know, 10, 15 years in the minors, finally burned out. 
and went and got jobs in insurance and this, that, and the other thing. Whereas, right. you know, I was able, and I could have been one of those guys, and no, no shame in working in insurance or real estate or whatever it is, yeah. but I was able to make the change, and that simple change led my journey and my life in such a different direction, but I almost, like I said, talked myself out of it and could have been in a situation like you mentioned I opened up to the wrong people or, you know, let the wrong influence be there for me, you know, man, you're crazy, man. And and let's be honest, Jay, a lot of times your quote unquote people that care for you and friends, you find out in certain situations, like when you're going through something, who really does have your back? Because a lot True. of times those people that really don't have your back, but you are masked by whatever, they're the ones who will try to talk you out some because they don't want you to have any glory. They don't want yeah. you to chase your dream. Either they're pissed off because of where they are in their life or, you know, that sounds too good. How come I don't get that opportunity? Or what? And they are really good at putting water on your f- flame and dousing it out so you can be right there with them enjoying that misery as we all know it loves company. Yeah. And so, again, it's, it's, it's great that it's a perfect example of, again, faith, because what is faith? It's the, you know, it's the, it's, things unseen it's the belief in things unseen and and trying to trying to go through that and so next time Mm -hmm. that we have you on we'll maybe get into a little bit of that perseverance because it the faith is one thing and you're trying to take that leap but you had to go far to be able to make that dream come true so (laughs) so we'll get into that next time so again he's an author he's a radio host he's a father he is a podcaster he is uh he is a motivational speaker he is my partner he's my brother he's ed easy smith and go to edsmithspeaks.com and you can order his book again that's edsmithspeaks.com hey man i appreciate you man love you brother jay man i'm I'm so thankful one of the biggest blessings in my life is me and you uh being connected bro I appreciate that, man. And so we'll catch y'all next time. And as I like to always say, are you okay?